Hello everyone and welcome to The Laws of Stan. My name is Stanley Rappaport and I'm the host of this podcast aiming to shed light on the application of mathematics in the industry. The essence of this podcast revolves around exploring the impact of mathematics on various industries without delving into complex computation. The aim is to show how mathematics serves as a common language underlying problem analysis, definition and resolution in diverse fields. If mathematics scares you and if you think this interview is not suitable for you, don't worry, we will take it step by step. So today for this fourth episode, we will talk about the application of mathematics in the machine learning industry and particularly in algorithms. And we will try to understand the basics of the mathematical reality behind it, trying to simplify it as much as possible. And what better way to talk about mathematical aspects involved in machine learning than by hosting a machine learning engineer at TikTok. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Yaroslav Geraskin, machine learning engineer at TikTok. Uh, Privet, Mr. Geraskin, uh, Kagdila, I'm very happy to have you today for this third episode. So uh, how are you feeling today? Hello, Stanley. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, feeling well. How about you? Uh, all good, all good. Hello, So, so uh, without further ado, um, let's start uh, with the question. So can you please introduce yourself and provide some insights in your background before discussing your current position? Like, could you share details about your educational background, prior employment and previous experiences? Uh, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, my name is Yaroslav Gereskin and I'm a machine learning engineer at TikTok, as you mentioned. But before that, uh, I studied uh, different fields of uh, machine learning and software engineering. So I have a background in computer vision and uh, computational biology. Uh, I studied both of those uh, subjects as uh, my university degrees. I have a master's degree in computational biology and my bachelor's degree is in computer vision. And uh, I had an experience uh, uh, working as a, a machine learning researcher for uh, computer vision and uh, bioinformatics software, software developer uh, in a pharmaceutical company. But uh, uh, this also involved machine learning applications for uh, biology. For, before that, uh, during my high school days, I uh, became fascinated with algorithms and uh, I uh, studied um, data structures and algorithms a lot. And in my school, it was a common theme to take part in uh, programming competitions and uh, different types of uh, uh, competitions related to, to programming. Uh, so uh, I did that as well, I won several prizes, uh, and this is very helpful nowadays to uh, go through interviewing process as many companies have such uh, algorithmic questions, uh, even for machine learning positions. Okay, congratulations for the, the prizes. Um, so what is your current role Thank at, you. at TikTok? Like in the introduction, we said you're uh, a machine learning engineer at TikTok. But could you elaborate on your daily responsibilities in your specific role within the company? Yeah, uh, at TikTok, I, uh, I'm a part of a risk control team. That team aims to prevent different types of, types of uh, risk uh, uh, to the platform and to the users. For example, uh, fake traffic, uh, spam accounts, account takeover, fake likes, and things like that. Uh, 
So my job is to provide foundational uh, platforms for uh, other internal employees to use to train their machine learning models, uh, which they later can use uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to stop uh, different fraudulent uh, behavior on the platform and protect the users. Uh, so I'm more on the software engineering side of thing, things right now, but uh, I have to use machine learning knowledge to know what other people are doing when they are training their models. And I need to know how to properly evaluate models and how to monitor them in production. Uh, so yeah, that's my day-to-day -day, uh, activities. Nowadays, we, we frequently hear about the term machine learning in every industry and in many fields, but what exactly is machine learning? Like what is a machine learning engineer? First, you, could you provide a general explanation and then uh, and then what this role entails at TikTok? Yeah, machine learning engineer is kind of a broad term, uh, I would say. Uh, different companies uh, call different people with different responsibilities, uh, machine learning engineers. Uh, I, I see it in a way that uh, machine learning engineering position could uh, appear in the company in, uh, in different situations. Uh, for example, a company could have uh, an old project uh, of some sort that uh, evolved to adopt uh, some machine learning uh, tools. Uh, and to support those tools, uh, it's not enough to just know uh, software engineering. And uh, it's better to have uh, a person who knows uh, how to develop the software and how to uh, work with machine learning tools, at least at, on the basic level. So uh, I don't know if you like cycling, but I, I do. Uh, so there is an analogy with uh, with bicycles. You have uh, like different types of bicycles. Some are built for comfort, some are built for speed, some are built for going down the mountain. And uh, those are like speciali specialized tools uh, for for the job. And um, but, but there are also other types of bikes. For example, gravel bikes are built for uh, gravel roads and for uh, tarmac roads as well. So they are kind of universal in that sense. So they are in the middle between uh, road bicycles and mountain bikes, right? Uh, so that's, uh, I, I see a machine learning engineer in the same way as the middle ground between software engineer and uh, machine learning researcher who writes papers. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, one other uh, way uh, how machine learning engineer uh, could appear in the company. For example, they, uh, the, the company wants to build some new tool uh, based on some scientific paper, but when they try to, to build a tool for a bunch of users, uh, and they may have a lot of users, they face different uh, software engineering problems. Uh, they need to uh, make sure that the system works, uh, that uh, uh, people who want to break the system can't do that and uh, that kind of thing. So uh, they may hire a machine learning uh, engineer that can understand what's going on in that paper and that and and who can uh, build the system effectively. So it, it works as a software engineering system. It's reliable and and so on, and it can work in uh, many scenarios that research paper doesn't cover. So those are kind of two extreme ways and everything in between 
maybe called uh, machine learning engineer as well. Thanks a lot for this uh, introduction about the, the, this field. Uh, let's now delve deeper in the mathematical aspects of your job. So first and foremost, what uh, area of mathematics does the machine learning engineer use? Could you provide a general overview and then explain how it applies in your case? Is it more um, statistical, probabilistic, algebraic, or analytic? Like what types of mathematics is is involved? Yeah, math is heavily uh, present in both machine learning and software engineering. And uh, uh, machine learning engineers may uh, be involved in some or all the parts of machine learning project lifecycle, which is uh, planning for the project, uh, uh, planning for the project, uh, collecting the data, developing the model, uh, testing the model, and deploying the model and monitoring it. So most of those uh, include some kind of evaluation uh, of the model performance or uh, evaluation of the data or data collection. Uh, and in in most of those, uh, statistical knowledge is, is key to uh, get some insights uh, for the model performance or for the data that you collected. Uh, but uh, there are other types of math as well uh, that are applied in, in, in those uh, scenarios. For example, uh, you need algorithms to build uh, systems uh, that uh, can be reliable and you need to know how the traffic is routed to your system, for example, or uh, you you need uh, algebraic operations to uh, train most of the uh, machine learning models. And you need uh, to know probabilistic theory as well, because some of, of the machine learning models can be just statistical models. They are, are kind of simple and they can be utilized at uh, uh, low latency uh, applications uh, because they are uh, less heavy than the big machine learning models. You mentioned um, training the models, but how is it operated mathematically? Uh, that depends on the type of model uh, and there are uh, different types of them. For example, neural networks, uh, you, uh, you use uh, uh, metric separations to, to train them. And maybe we can talk about this uh, later. Uh, we can cover uh, how uh, one would train such a model if uh, they have the model and the data. Uh, but there are other types of models, such as uh, decision trees, for example. And there are algorithms that uh, can be used to build uh, those machine learning models that are uh, not uh, that related to algebra, but they still use some uh, parallel operations uh, to effectively operate on the data. And uh, everything that is related to that is uh, uh, can be uh, described as a matrix or vector operations that uh, uh, algebra uh, underpins, so yeah. So it's it's my understanding that in in machine learning a strong grasp of uh, statistical concepts is essential, and statistics are used extensively to analyze data, draw inferences, and evaluate the machine learning model performances. Is that correct? And could you provide a more detailed explanation of these statistical concepts? And also, um, you you mentioned creating those uh, machine learning models. 
but when you, you you're referring to statistics to build those models, do you use uh, Python or uh, another software? Uh, yeah, Python is a popular choice for uh, machine learning uh, applications, uh, but uh, it's uh, not a very uh, fast language if you want to build some real-time system uh, using it. So uh, be, be, before I go on the tangent, uh, I may answer the, the the first question. Yes, the statistics uh, is very important in those processes that I described. So you need to know how to uh, collect data and how to analyze uh, the data when you have enough data, uh, when you don't have enough data, what uh, type of data you're missing in the uh, training data. Uh, you need that knowledge to evaluate the models and there are multiple ways to evaluate the model and uh, the way you choose uh, might be uh, related to the type of the problem you face. Uh, and it, it should be uh, discussed on the planning stage, I guess. Uh, and you may use uh, several metrics to evaluate one model and uh, you may want to find a model that, uh, that is kind of optimal in terms of multiple metrics, uh, and you want to trade off uh, uh, some uh, performance in one way uh, for the performance in the other way for this model. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of analytical tasks, and you need to uh, to know how to how to do them. Uh, the other uh, prominent problem in uh, machine learning engineering especially for production model is data shifts because uh, when uh, you train uh, the model for a research paper, you have a fixed uh, data and you want to uh, compete against other researchers to get the best result in, in on, on some data. And you build a very sophisticated model uh, to, to do that. Uh, but in production, uh, data always changing and you don't have time uh, to develop a sophisticated model that uh, works today, but uh, tomorrow data changes and this model doesn't work at all. So uh, data shifts uh, is the process uh, processes that uh, affect uh, the data the model sees in production. Uh, and it's important to use statistics to uh, detect such shifts and uh, to uh, address uh, address it. Uh, so uh, you can address it by retraining the model, for example, or by uh, sending an alert uh, to uh, model developers so that they, they can uh, look at the model and take appropriate actions to uh, uh, to, to fix uh, the data shift. Do you also rely on linear algebra to comprehend how data is represented? And um, like our operations on matrices and vectors part of your work, uh, as you mentioned um, before? And if so, how are they, they uh, used, the, the tables, the matrices? How do you manipulate linear algebra to, uh, to uh, better understand the data that you're using? Yeah, uh, so um, one other important uh, part of machine learning engineering is data pipelines. Uh, and even before data reaches the machine learning model, 
it uh, can be uh, manipulated in different ways. Uh, for example, cleaned, uh, reordered in, in some way, uh, filtered, uh, something like that. And uh, in all of those uh, cases, uh, we can use machine learning, uh, we can use uh, uh, matrix separations to, uh, to manipulate uh, the data because most of the data we use is uh, not uh, some images or uh, some, something else. Uh, we mostly use uh, tabular data that, uh, uh, that is stored as a, as a table uh, or as a matrix, you might say. And uh, we, can, uh, uh, we can process the data uh, before it gets to machine learning model. And that step is important because uh, uh, in production, many things can happen and we uh, want to protect the models from uh, the changes that uh, production data uh, entails. Uh, so when the data is reached to, to the model, uh, then we process the data in the model itself, uh, applying, uh, applying the model to, to the data. And uh, most, of, most of that uh, entails some, some of the uh, matrix separations uh, applied to initial data and the data that uh, is inside the model. So uh, it's not like you see the data manipulation, uh, the matrix separations or something like that. You don't uh, uh, code that uh, during uh, your uh, coding sessions, uh, on, uh, but uh, uh, you have to understand how it uh, works inside, I guess, uh, to build an effective system. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is uh, non-machine learning uh, applications that uh, are using uh, uh, matrix operations to uh, to get some insight. For example, some statistical statistical models can uh, uh, can be uh, utilized uh, on high traffic events, uh, and because uh, the latency uh, is uh, should be very low. We can't uh, use machine learning models, which require a lot of time to process the data. Uh, and in, in that case, uh, we may use some other uh, faster language uh, to build an application that uh, operates on the data. For example, Python is uh, kind of slow for that, uh, as, as, you, as I mentioned before, uh, but we may use uh, some other uh, low-level languages, and we may uh, develop some algorithm uh, to, uh, to compute some statistics from the data and return it fast. And for that, uh, you may need to know how uh, matrix multiplication works and uh, how other types of computation uh, can be uh, implemented in, in the chosen language effectively. So yeah, and so, uh, that's so is, uh, a very important part. Is calculus also used for uh, optimizing machine learning models? Like, uh, how does this process work? And do you have to perform derivatives and integrations uh, sometimes? Yes. Uh, for example, when you train machine learning models and uh, some types of machine learning models, such as neural networks, 
are trained using uh, what is um, uh, what is called uh, gradient descent, uh, and uh, that's a process to uh, optimize uh, machine learning uh, model parameters uh, using your data. For example, you uh, uh, have a machine learning model which you just initialized and it's gonna make mistakes. You, for example, you want to you want this this model to tell cats from dogs, and uh, you have some data with uh, labels, uh, so you you know what images correspond to cats and what images correspond to dogs, and you give the images to the model, and it outputs uh, some uh, value between zero and one, zero meaning it's a cat and one meaning it's a dog. And you can uh, treat this output as a probability, as, as a model uh, pro as a model probability of this image being a cat or a dog. And uh, you can compute a, what is called a loss function, uh, which uh, is a function that uh, will tell you how close uh, your model output is to the actual uh, true label. And uh, when this last function is calculated, you then can uh, compute uh, derivatives or gradients uh, with respect to your model parameters. And those gradients will tell you the direction in which you should ch uh, change your parameters to optimize the loss to make the output of the model closer to the, input, to, to the target uh, label. Uh, so you uh, repeat this process uh, a bunch of time, times. You uh, calculate the loss function, uh, um, calculate the gradients uh, for your parameters, and uh, uh, update your parameters and uh, move on to the next iteration until uh, until the models the, the model stops uh, improving, uh, and then you get yourself uh, a model that is decent. Uh, and in performing the task you wanted to perform, for example, telling us from docs. Okay, so thanks to your work and to all the um, mathematical skills that are needed to perform such uh, high-level um, uh, al algorithms, um, TikTok is, uh, is known for its powerful recommendation and feed update algorithms. So can you shed light on how this algorithm uh, f function from a philosophical perspective and not a mathematical one anymore? Uh, yeah, so uh, th those uh, type types of uh, models that are used in uh, recommendation systems are, uh, are using the, an approach that is called uh, collaborative filtering. And in this approach, uh, uh it's kind of you kind of assume that uh similar users uh like similar things and uh, you can uh, calculate an embedding for uh the users uh which is a vector with uh, some numbers and this uh vector uh represents the user in some uh internal space in which similar users uh, group together uh, in that space, so the vectors are closer to each other, and uh, that is uh, kind of similar to uh, biology. As I have a biology uh, background, I have a, an interesting analogy, I guess. Uh, so, 
you know how uh, genome uh, can tell you how uh, people will behave in some cases or how they look uh, and similar uh, looking people or similar behaving people might have similarities in the uh, genome that uh, makes them behave a certain way or look a certain way. Uh, in, this, in the same way, uh, those vectors in embedded uh, space uh, can represent a cultural uh, genome, you might say, for those people. And if you look at the similar uh, clusters uh, of, of users, you can see that most of the users, uh, they use the same clothing style or they uh, do the same day-to-day -day activities. They have similar hobbies as well. Uh, so uh, those embeddings uh, are kind of a genome for the culture, I would say. Uh, and uh, this, uh, this type of application and those embeddings uh, can uh, bring so much more uh, utility in the future. Uh, so uh, we can uh, detect uh, different groups of people and, uh, um, and, and uh, use uh, some kind of uh, different approach to uh, each of the group uh, in marketing, for example, or uh, in solving their problems because uh, different groups have different problems. Uh, and that kind of thing is uh, uh, very promising, I guess, in, in the future. Um, I have, I also have like a, a small example that I want to, to share. So, uh, when we talk about those, uh, specific algorithms, the ones that I, I suppose you don't work on, I mean, the, um, feed update, uh, algorithms, but, um, mm -hmm. is it safe to say that if, uh, let's say for example, on TikTok, I watch a, a video on, um, uh, a theory of why the earth would be flat. Is it, am I going to be more likely to uh, see other videos of that type? Yes, uh, that, that, that's correct. Uh, uh, so similar uh, users like similar things, as I said, and people who like conspiracy theories are more likely to see uh, other uh, videos of uh, that sort if they are interested in, in that. Uh, so that's, uh, uh, an example of how we can approach different groups uh, differently, uh, and we can uh, like uh, ad address uh, some issues that uh, may uh, arise from uh, such such groups, uh, or uh, if there there is a problem with uh, uh, some groups, we can uh, look at. We, we we can look at uh, how we can uh, solve this issue or how uh, we can uh, at least detect it. And are you allowed to share um, how um, I'm going to be more likely to see videos of the same type as the one I liked? Uh, is it through likes, comments, or uh, uh, only watching the video till the end? Uh, are you allowed to, to share those, uh, those uh, metrics? Uh, as you mentioned, I don't work uh, on that part of uh, of the app, so I wouldn't be able to uh, share that because I simply don't know that stuff. Uh, but I assume uh, everything that you mentioned uh, can play a role in 
uh, recommendation systems. Okay, well, th thanks a lot for uh, enlightening the abstract world of machine learning and, and uh, deep learning in a sense and explaining in a somewhat simple way how mathematics help you in your area of expertise. So finally, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your future and your uh, career. So firstly, what, what does it take to become a machine learning engineer in a top tier company like you? Is it fundamental to have a highly strong mathematical background and mathematical abilities, or does an understanding of the theoretical aspect suffice? That's an interesting question. Uh... Let me think about it. I, I think as as you do your day-to-day -day work, uh, theoretical uh, knowledge uh, uh, seems to be uh, seems to be enough to to do your job. But uh, that's uh, coming from uh, from understanding the underlying bits of uh, math and how it works and so on. So you have to have a lot of uh, background knowledge to choose the right tools, uh, but uh, when you uh, use the right tools, it m might be very simple to use to use them. Uh, and you don't uh, need to know uh, a lot of math to use the tools necessarily, but uh, you have to have the intuition uh, uh, behind, uh, behind those tools, like uh, how they work. Uh, you, you need to know how they work. You need to understand what uh, to choose for for what job and uh in that way i guess uh at least for me uh a lot of background knowledge uh, helps me to uh get a perspective on things and uh helps to uh understand things more deeply because uh i simply cannot understand uh some concepts uh, if i don't know the underlying uh background uh so yeah i i would say uh i don't see uh the other way around at least for me i just uh can't have theoretical knowledge without uh, having a strong background i guess so to conclude could, could you give a, a piece of advice to a young uh, a young student or freshly graduated student who wants to delve deeper into that uh, this exciting world and also could you give um uh, a piece of advice to a mathematics student who wants to know which um, uh, which type of mathematics he, he should specialize in to delve into this world that you're a part of. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I think it's uh, common sense to uh, have a broad background in uh, uh, all the topics we uh, cover today, uh, being statistics, uh, algebra, uh, calculus and other things, uh, algorithms as well, uh, to uh, open many doors uh, for you in the future. And later you can uh, choose specific uh, things you want to pursue uh, after you have a, a general background in, in those. Uh, so most of the jobs uh, related to software engineering require you to know calculus, know algebra, and know other stuff. Uh, it's there is no other way around so i guess my advice would be to uh start kind of broad and uh, uh that may also uh show you what you're interesting interested in and what uh you want to do in the future so you may narrow your 
your search uh, and you may uh, find something that uh, you want to pursue as a career uh, when you have a broader uh, perspective and broader, uh, more options to, to, to choose from. Thank you very much, Laoslav. Spasiba. It's the end of this fourth episode. Um, I hope to see you all in two weeks for the fifth episode. Thanks, Laoslav. See you in the next episode.